Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Looking for the Middle. We are pumped that y'all are here. If you are in our Facebook group, we're especially pumped that you're here because we were looking through the... Bethany did a post a couple weeks ago now, and... I think it was by the time this comes yeah, out. Yeah, it, it will have been ago, a couple weeks ago, yeah. And asking for like y'all to send us questions you wanted us to answer in episodes because we had some slots left in the schedule and we had a couple big recording days coming up and y'all came back with some really great questions and we couldn't just pick one or two. So we thought... We're doing all of them. Yes. We Sorry, do- I kind of like... No. <laughs> stole the show there. No, you're good. My bad. No, we're going to do I'm all of them. on that and failing miserably. No, you're, it's fine. I try not to interrupt somebody. There is grace. There is grace. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so this week and next week... We're answering all the Facebook questions that came in on that post. There was one or two I think we're not going to answer because we've already done yeah episodes, yeah. so we didn't want to be like super repetitive. But we if, can mention them, yes, like we the can. episodes. So yeah, if you we can, don't hear so yours, um, so yeah, we can do that. But it's going to be a grand old time. It'll be like a couch cast on steroids. Ooh, maybe that's what we should call the episode. Ooh, couch cast on steroids, part one. I don't know. Why not? All right, real quick. Well, here, do you want to do all the housekeeping? I can, yeah. Okay, yeah, you go for it. Okay, so normal stuff here at the top of the episode. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure you go do that. Our Instagram is LFTM underscore podcast, and that's really where we're the most active. So go follow us there. Hang out with us. Um, It's a good old time with that. We also, as Kristen kind of alluded to, have our new Facebook group. Actually, I don't know if we can keep saying new. It's well, it's still kind of new. It's still kind of new. It's new to so, this season. It's a not just like a page that you would go like, it's a group where you guys can actually interact with each other, kind of build some friendships, you know, build a little bit of a community there with other women who are kind of walking the same path as you guys are whether it's single or dating or whatever, kind of just all on that same stage of trying to figure out how in the world to go from single to married as a Christian woman. And so that's there. It's a, you know, it's like a smaller group. It's a little more intimate. It's a little more um, personal. So head over to Facebook. It's LFTM community is the name of the group. It's public and that you can see it, but it's private and that you have to request to be added. And I try to get on there a couple times a day and just add people as they request. So go do that. Um, if you want to, you don't, you don't have to do all of that searching. Wait until tomorrow when the newsletter comes out and there'll be a big old button in there that'll just sign you right up. Um, did you sound like you said a big old butt in there but you said button button (laughs) a big old button in there (laughs) and you can just sign up that way accents will get you in trouble every now and then trouble that's funny um so anyway yes go check those things out i think that all that's enough housekeeping for today though so Kristen, yes what is our question of the day i think you thought of this one by yourself i did so when this comes out we will not be we'll be like a few days out from my birthday so what do you have any birthday traditions oh this one's tough I'm not a big birthday person I know you're not and so I mean really for my birthday every year 
we normally just like go out to dinner with family um or have family over and like cook out or something um and that's how I like it like I don't I don't like a big deal out of my birthday I don't like I don't know I don't mind being the center of attention in a lot of ways but like that I really don't like it for whatever reason I know yeah (laughs) it doesn't make sense all the time but yeah I'm not a big birthday person so that's what I do pretty much every year and I'm very okay with it yeah I'm, I mean, I like birthdays, but I'm the same way. Like, I, yeah. we go to Olive Garden every year. That is true. You even have the same restaurant. Yes. Mine closed down. We, oh, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> we literally sit at the same table. Do even. you really? They always sit there. When you walk in and go to the left, there is a little alcove with a long okay, table. And they so always, yeah, we, okay. you know, it's a big group of us. So we always sit at the same table and I get a bunch of breadsticks and salad and pasta and tiramisu. And I feel miserable as soon as I leave. Y'all, when we were in quarantine, (laughs) because in 2020, we had been quarantined for like a month. Oh, yeah. Not even. I think it was the the middle of March. March, So so not even a month. I was panicking. I'm like, if I cannot get all the cards on my birthday. (laughs) And so we ended up having to get it to go and just went to my grandparents' house. And there were under 10 of us, which was the rule. It had to be less than 10 and whatever. roll my eyes at those things now it's so it's funny so different but i still got my tears in there you go so gotta do what you gotta do but yes i'm pretty i just want to be with people i love and i do have a work meeting this year so that's kind of a bummer but i'm like i'm past the point where i can be like it's my birthday i'm not gonna go work but i'm like <laughs> yeah. that kind of sucks so <laughs> this will also be my last birthday in my 20s Oh, which will be, I'm not, I'm not handling it super well. So, Hey, I tell you this every time I know thirties, thirties are going to be so great. Yeah. But I'm, I'm believing it with my head and my heart is not (laughs) caught up. So that's that. But yes. Okay. So let's jump in to today's questions. Okay. And topics because they are plural. We have five that we're going to do today and then five in the next episode. So because you know how we like to split things yes. evenly. So let's just dive in. Okay. okay. First question is, what are your thoughts on dating somebody who is divorced and or has kids Okay, when you have not been divorced and you do not have kids? Okay. Um, first of all, my thoughts on this have evolved as I've gotten older. Okay. Partly from a practical standpoint in that like the older you get, the more likely that's going to be the case yeah like the more prominent it is and like the people yeah that yeah, yeah and then, i mean it meeting. would really yeah it definitely would like limit a limited pool even more the older you get yeah so that's just from a practical standpoint um I, it's funny because like I, i've never been divorced and i don't have kids so i'm purely speaking from that side of it but i do think the first thing i would tell someone is know what you believe the biblical grounds for a divorce are before this. And I say it that way specifically because if you aren't sure what you believe about that and then you start talking to this guy who seems really great and has all this stuff going for him and then you get more into the details of like what brought all of that about, you might find yourself in a situation that's tough because you, you were swayed or you weren't solidified in your mind of what you believe. Um, I mean, me personally, I think scripture's clear that there are several allowances for that. I think, um, if there's any sort of adultery, 
I think if there's um, abandonment by an unbelieving spouse, then a believer is free to divorce and remarry without any problems. That's my personal thought. I've read, I've studied scripture, like, but I know that before I get into a situation of talking to someone who's in, who's in that place so that I can then filter it through that, um, before you even start into anything. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think either, and even with the kids side of it too, I would say figure out not just what you believe, but like what you're comfortable with before you meet a person who is saying, Hey, I'm divorced and I have yeah. a daughter or, Oh, I, like even if they're like widowed and they have mm-hmm. kids, like, do you want kids instantly as soon yeah. as you, and do you want more kids at all? Yeah. You know, that's something you have to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And so I think because it's like Bethany said, as soon as you, meet a person all of your filtering becomes personal because yep. it's attached to another person mm-hmm. it's not oh I don't have anybody in mind when I'm deciding what I want what I'm comfortable with what I'm open-minded to when I'm not and when you start to really like somebody you may like make decisions with them in mind mm-hmm. and then it's not really what you would say you wanted or what you were comfortable with and then later on you can get bitter and resentful towards that person when they did nothing wrong because they right. were very upfront about, I mean, assuming they've been upfront about all of this with you. If they're not, that is a huge red flag. Yes. If they're, like, I remember talking to a guy on eHarmony, this was years ago, and I figured out from Bethany's sleuthing tips how to figure out what his last name was or enough to, like, find him right. on Facebook and he had been divorced within the last year and he didn't, he put that he was, cause you put either single, separated, like divorced, divorced widowed, yeah. widowed, whatever on your eHarmony profile. And he just put that he was single and mentioned nothing about the fact that he was divorced and it had been within a year. And then I go on his Facebook, I'm like, you had pictures with your, your profile picture was with your wife nine months ago. Yeah. And I was like, no, like, yeah. no, thank you. We're moving on. Like the fact, and we had been talking long enough that he could have brought it up. Right. And he didn't, it wasn't yeah. like, Oh, I messaged him once and he didn't tell me, Oh, by the way. Yeah. It's funny. There's a balance there of you want someone to be upfront and honest and you want them to be forthcoming with their story basically. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want them to talk about it all the time. You know, but if they are, I would say, and, and it's been a really short amount of time like that. I think that's a huge indicator that they're probably not as over it as they want to think they are, which is okay. It just means they probably shouldn't be dating and you certainly don't have to. No. And you don't um, want to be the guinea pig for that. No. Um, but all of that to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with dating someone who is divorced and has kids. I also don't think there's anything wrong if you're not comfortable with that. Yeah. That is okay. Um, but then from a practical standpoint, if you are dating someone who's in that situation, as with everything else we say around here, communication is really important. Um, because uh, this guy, if he is divorced and has kids, he was single at one point. He knows what it's like to be that and to be dating and single and whatever. You though, 
don't know what it's like to have been married and have kids. If you're not in that same place, if you haven't ever, I mean, if you've been married and have kids, then obviously you do. But if you're single and haven't ever been in that place, you don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like, you know? And so I think you have to be very open about communicating what you're thinking. What does this look like in the future? Like what, what are they thinking? Like what does life look like if you're moving towards that? Um, and just be open about like, okay, I've never done this before. Like mm-hmm. help me out here yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I do think just talking about it and it's a weird thing sometimes to like that initial conversation. Um, but I think you kind of have, you, you have to, yeah. you can't, can't avoid it yeah. <laughs> forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I do think it's just a matter of being patient too. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily with the person, but with the relationship and letting it form slowly or get serious slow enough to where both of you are comfortable with it. Um, because it's not always going to be butterflies and rainbows. You know, there are going to be hard things, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It just means it's hard and you got to talk through stuff. You got to figure stuff out. Um, so I guess those are my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Next question. Moving on. How do you know if you're dealing with gut feelings, doubt, or self-sabotage when you're first getting to know someone? Are we sure I didn't write this question? (laughs) This is like Bethany to a T. Right? Yes. Like, I ask these things all the time. I'm like, is this a big deal? Is it not? Am I sabotaging this? Should I be more sure? I don't know. Like, And my question is like, how do you know? Yeah. So I am with you, girlfriend. I don't remember who put this question, but I relate to this in such a big way. It's not even funny. And unfortunately, I have no idea how you know. Because every single person I ever ask this type of question to says, well, it depends from person to person. Mm -hmm. Which is the stupidest (laughs) answer I've ever heard in my life, even though they're probably right. Because I've taken their advice and it's worked. So I'm going to tell you what they told me, even though it's very unsatisfying. Okay. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes. Because I always come, I'm like, okay, well, here's this issue or that thing or whatever. And how do I know if this is a big deal? And I think we alluded to this or talked about it really briefly in another episode of like, okay, so none of us are looking for someone who's perfect or we shouldn't be. That's an obvious one. But then it's like, okay, so he's not perfect, which means there are going to be problems and issues. How in the world do I know that problem A is a deal breaker? But problem B is one that you should just work through and figure out and like grow through. Like some things are super obvious deal breakers. Yeah. Everything else is on some like sliding scale. And I like, how do you know? Yeah. And I think I get afraid of like, well, this is forever. Mm. And because I can't know the future, then it's like a little intimidating. But I've asked multiple people this. And every single one of them says, well, it just depends on the person. It just depends on what the issue is. But I think you just have to give it time, which is so not helpful because I'm like, well, I don't want to give something time and get attached and invested. And then this problem that was a problem all along be the reason that it doesn't work out. But I think that's just part of relationships is kind of what, you know, you kind of get to a point of realizing that 
you can't know all those things. Um, and we're doing an episode on this soon. And this will be my contribution to it personally, that if you don't ever get past that, I think that's a really good way to end up alone. Mm, yeah. And I'm saying like, that's my contribution to it. Cause I am the, like, I get it. Um, but I think you have to be able to, to lean into that uncomfortability a little. Um, and just lean into the awkwardness of it a little and lean into the, hard conversations you might have to have with the guy of like, Hey, here's a problem in you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's not an easy thing to, I don't say it like that. First of all, (laughs) but like you kind of have to have those conversations. Um, but at the same time, I feel like for me and I'll let you talk in a second. I know I'm rambling on forever. You're good. This is good. Um, a lot of times those insecurities and those doubts and those wonderings and the I'm not sure's come back to some place that I am deficient in either praying about things or in my knowledge of scripture um, and how I'm applying that to my life. Mm -hmm. Because we have everything necessary for life and godliness in his word. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training and right. Like it is good for all of those things. It is perfect and it's sufficient. And so, I mean, I won't go so far as to say, well, if you're in doubt and you don't know, that means something's wrong in your relationship with the Lord. I'm not saying that, but I do think he gives us wisdom when we ask for it. He gives us clarity, but like, if you're asking God for wisdom, but you've never picked up the Bible, how is he going to give you wisdom? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not just a supernatural imposing of zap. Now you're wise right. according to some arbitrary standard. He gives us wisdom in that we know his word and we know his character and we know how he wants us to live our lives. And so we, it, they have to be in tandem. Like you're digging into the word. You're learning more about God. You're drawing closer to him. And he will give you wisdom and clarity and how to apply that to your life and how to make decisions in your relationships. Mm, yeah, that's good. Amen to all those. <laughs> no, I think that's really good. I think the first thing I thought was the fact that for the longest time I had the assumption that all deal breakers were going to be like instantly identifiable. Mm. And that's just not the case. Um, yeah. Sometimes it takes a pattern. Like yeah. You have to see it. Yeah. True. Yeah. And so I think that that was a not true assumption uh, <laughs> that I held on to for a while. And the older I got and the more I dated, it was like, oh, this is a deal breaker. But I didn't know until I was two months in mm-hmm. because I didn't know what that one. He wasn't able to like articulate that or right. um, that wasn't something that he said. Oh, yeah. By the way, xyz and i'm like oh yeah no that's not gonna work it was <laughs> yeah because everyone starts putting their best foot forward no one's gonna start yeah. and be like hey let me tell yeah, you all, all of the flaws. really bad things about yeah. me <laughs> yeah so there was that and then the other thing you said that um made me think of something i'm just finished um lisa turkhurst's newest devotional called seeing beautiful again uh-huh. and at the very end of it it's one of the last devotions she wrote about it in the context of marriage, but one quote she said, I will never forget this. She said, I had to ask myself the question, am I praying about my marriage just as much as I'm talking about my marriage? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for anything we're going through in our lives. Are you praying about it as much as you're talking 
about it to other people, to yourself? Are you worrying about it, thinking about it? Like you, the ratio should be that prayer is always tipping the scale Mm -hmm. more. And that was super convicting to me, not just in my relationship, but in every area of my life that I'm worried or wondering or confused or waiting for clarity about is like, okay, well I can sit here and say, well, I don't know. And I just want to know. And and I don't want to give a time and I'm tired of waiting. And I see this pattern, but I don't know if it's a bad enough pattern for me to like dip out. Yeah. And I haven't prayed about it once. And the Lord's probably like, you know, Kristen, if you talk to me about this, I could help you. Like yeah. if you would open your Bible, I could help you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I had said, you know, lean into the awkward, lean into the hard mm-hmm. things, like don't run from them. But if you're a, an anxious and worried mess, that's not what I mean to lean into. Yeah, no. Because like as a Christian, I'm not saying you won't ever struggle with anxiety. You won't struggle. I, I'm not saying that, but if you can find a place in scripture where God is recommending that we be that, I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not trying to be snarky. I'm being serious of like, I don't, I just want it to come across like harsh that God is a God of peace and he gives that to his children and he, he doesn't leave you confused. Um, if you're confused or you're not sure or whatever, like that's part of living in a fallen world. Um, but I think if that's what you're dealing with, you're absolutely in knots over this relationship. Either it's because you know what you need to do and end it, or it's because you're not, you're not sure enough of what biblically you should be looking for. Yeah. Um, and in both instances, I think you pray and you get in the word and then you do what you got to do. Yeah. I heard somebody say the other day, they were like, the two consistent themes throughout scripture, the two things we're told to do most consistently throughout scripture are do not fear mm-hmm. and come look or yeah. behold. And so it's like, okay, don't be afraid of what your circumstances are. Don't fear. Don't worry. Don't do all this and come look at what God is doing. Yeah. Behold at what God has done and take hold of his character and look at what, you know, all the goodness and like, perfection that we have in him and if you're looking at that then the worry just everything else shrinks what is it um it's a song turn your eyes upon jesus and the things of earth grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace like grace yeah that's one thing that i try to like and that's not a Bible verse. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't go that Google level, that but in the, the Bible. But the but principle, it, like I'm just saying, the it's principle rooted though, in scripture. Yeah. Is true of that. The more you're looking at Jesus, the less this world is a concern. Yeah. And that's what, that's how I want my life to be defined. Like one of the ways I say that a lot. Why don't my life to be defined by this? Yeah. It's like there's 37 things, Bethany. That's fine. Um, but that's one <laughs> you of have a long I definition. the things of this earth to be strangely dim Mm -hmm. like i want it to be that in light of who jesus is like that is so big and so real and so just in your face yeah that the things of this earth don't don't matter as much and so i you know in looking for a person i'm looking for someone else who's looking for the same thing Mm -hmm. um because then we're going in the same direction we're looking for the same and those things that's what I'm looking when you're looking for that 
the things of this earth that then cause problems stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Well, and I think prayer too, because we get asked a lot about like praying for my future husband and praying about my dating relationships and how does prayer fit into all of this? And I feel like sometimes people fall in the camp of like, oh, prayer is just the bandaid I'm going to slap on my problems. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I feel like a lot of times we forget like how supernaturally powerful prayer is. Like y'all yesterday, I was all getting, I was getting all worked up about something. I don't even remember what it was, but I was all like worried and praying in my car and well, I wasn't praying initially. I was venting to myself. Let's be honest. So Cause, and that wasn't helping. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, Lord, let's, let, can I just, let's talk about this. Yeah. And for the hour or two after that was not even on my mind and it didn't really click until a couple, I'm like, Oh, I like prayed about that. And that wasn't my intent of, I want to pray about this, so I'll quit worrying. It's just like, right. Lord, I need like I need to bring this to you because me sitting here and talking to myself about it is, is like me running in circles, basically, <laughs> yeah. which is not fun for me because it's running. And two, it's not <laughs> helpful. I said something to someone the other day about, you know, such and such, and then I'm going to hit the ground running. And I was like, well, actually, I'll probably just hit the ground walking because <laughs> running is not ever running is fun. Not, not great. <laughs> but it didn't really click until a couple hours later. I was like oh, that kind of just kind of fell off my shoulders for a little bit. Well, that's where he talks about, you know, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, yep. and I will give, give you rest. Um, you would not believe the number of times that verse has come up for me in the past <laughs> month. <laughs> and yeah. Like too many times. And yeah, you do, because you're turning your eyes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the thing, like, it grows dim. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not trying to make light of it or make it too much. No. Like but, but I think that's how you... Yeah. Gut feeling, doubt, self-sabotage. The key word or the key concept with all of those is self. And so I think the the way to change that is to look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at him and you know him so well and you're trying to find a guy who is going that same way, then if he's not, it's going to be really obvious. Yeah. You know, it goes back to the example of, and I know I'm going on and on about this one, but it goes back to the example of, you know, P, you know FBI agents who were working like counterfeit um, yeah. departments yeah you I would think they study counterfeit money so they know what to look for right yeah. they don't they study actual u.s currency over and over i mean that's what they look at so that when a counterfeit comes along it's so obvious to them because they know the the real thing so well yeah and so that i that's kind of my focus when it comes to this because like i said i'm with you guys on this like i get it is if you spend so much time looking for all the problems and finding all the things that are wrong and wanting to know what all of them are so you see them when they come along, you're kind of missing the point. Look at Jesus. Look mm-hmm. at the perfect example. Study him, know him, have that as your benchmark so that when things come along that don't look like him, you'll know, but you'll also be able to tell, oh, hey, this guy is pursuing Jesus and he's just not perfect. Or you'll be able to say, no, he doesn't look anything like this Jesus that I know. Mm-hmm. And there's your defining line. That's good. That's good. I love that. So yeah. Okay. All I right, want to ask the next one. So yes. you, I feel like I have, however long we've been recording, I've been probably talking 87%. 27 minutes. I feel really bad. No, about don't it, so. feel bad. Um, You're saying a lot of great things. Oh, thanks. Uh, number three though. Are you ready? Yes. It says, am I closing myself off to opportunities to meet someone because I will only talk to guys that live in my area? Bluntly, yes. (laughs) 
but that might be okay i was just about to say like that (laughs) that's fine there's nothing wrong with that you just have to come to terms with that and this is me Mm -hmm. like i I wanted to ask it i was like Kristen can answer this so whenever i did online dating my distance circle was very small like bethany's like anywhere in the country (laughs) and i'm like anywhere in north georgia <laughs> yeah. i wasn't that bad i did for a little bit just to see yeah when it was very depressing and so we went a little bit further um but i think yes you're limiting you are like you're just i mean it, that's just common sense you're limiting your pool to where you are but if that's important to you mm-hmm. fine one caveat i will give you is that just because he lives in your area now does not mean he always will very true. So I think like, I mean, you hear of all these couples who like they get married and they live in their town for a little while and then he gets transferred in his job and you're like, oh, now we're moving. But we met and lived 15 minutes apart from each other the whole time we dated or whatever. Uh-huh. And then you move. Or you could date somebody who lives in another state and he has a work from home job and he could move here. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but... I think my question is, why do you only want to meet people who live in your area? Is it just, if it's just because you don't want to date long distance, but you're willing to move or if he, you're willing to look for somebody who's willing to yeah. move, that would be something I would ask you to reconsider because dating is very temporary. Yep. Um, now it may last a little longer because you're long distance, but it's still temporary. But if you're not wanting to look outside of your area because you don't want to move, that's fine. But it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. And you are going to limit your pool. But if you're okay with that, that's fine. Like This I, isn't a right or wrong no, issue. I don't this think. This isn't like, yeah. a, oh, how dare you not look at people three states over. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and we've talked before, I don't know how many times of like, you really need to think about if you are going to look far away and like really extend your boundaries especially with obviously with online dating because that's yeah. when you're going to meet somebody that doesn't live near you but are you willing to put in the work mm-hmm. and the commitment that goes into a long distance relationship and if you're not sure don't yeah don't start talking to somebody who lives in montana and you live in florida and then three months and you're like i don't still think i want to date long distance no you just wasted that person's time and that is rude it's yeah. And it's inconsiderate. Tell and them. I'm sorry. I <laughs> This drives me crazy. I've had well, this happen to me. Th- I, and- I get so angry for <laughs> Bethany. I'm like, I'm not even involved directly in this. And it makes me so mad because you knew that from the beginning. That wasn't something that like... It's literally was a secret. The first thing you know with the person's name on every single app yeah. you ever talk it's to someone. Yeah, it's name, is. age, where they live, and what they do. That is the four <laughs> things you ha- and what they look like. Yeah. That is the five pieces of information you have instantly as yeah. soon as you see somebody's profile. And so, if you don't think you're ready or you don't know if you've got what it takes, don't put yourself in that situation. Be like, oh, I'll figure it out. Like, talk to people who have yeah. dated long distance. Seek counsel. Like do some research like yeah. get online i mean be smart but you have plenty of resources available. like here's what it looks <laughs> yeah. like to be in a long distance relationship we've done episodes like go back and listen to um i'll put it in the newsletter but it's uh melanie and trey's story uh-huh. and how they dated long distance from back from season two like they were six and a half hour six hours away yeah. from each other the whole time pretty much that they were dating and so 
There's didn't we do one that was pros and cons of long distance? Yeah, I think you're I right. I think because we've I'll talked back about and like find that too. it's not all bad things. No, as someone who has dated long long distance a couple of times. Yeah, same. With a decent amount of success. Yeah, like I'm just, uh, like they were good relationships. I mean, I didn't marry them, but like they were good relationships. Yeah. That wasn't the reason it right. ended. Right. What I was gonna say is it wasn't the reason it ended. It may have been a contributing factor, a little bit in that like some of the issues that really were issues might have been able to have been handled a little better if we were closer, but Mm -hmm. it's not all bad. I think the distance forces you to communicate well, um, or it certainly won't work. If you're not a good communicator, long distance might not be a good idea for you. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's a great And I don't mean that as like, oh, I'm such a good communicator, but. No, but if that's something you know you struggle with. And I don't mind now, especially saying things that are on my mind, bringing up hard stuff and just asking about questions, asking about things. Um, and so I think, I mean, that is a good thing. You talk about big stuff, you talk through things and it's, you have the time to really focus on that. So there are, there are good things. And I do think because of that, sometimes it will take longer, but it doesn't necessarily have to take longer than a solely in-person relationship because you do learn to communicate really well. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think the easy answer to that is, yes, you're closing yourself off to some opportunities, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yep. And if you're willing to work with that and work through that, great. Good for you. Yeah. Like, don't feel bad about it. But just know that's but <laughs> newsflash, you're closing yourself off to a lot of people just by being a Christian. So, yeah, yeah. like there are a lot of things you can, quote unquote, close yourself off from people based yeah. on things you're looking for yeah. so just because distance is one of them doesn't make it worse or unreasonable yeah i guess what i'm trying so, to say yeah i agree completely all right next question we got okay. two more yeah i'll read this one and you can read the last one yes okay. sounds good this is a long one ready yep how do you navigate when your best friend is dating someone you don't approve of slash get along with naturally um she says he's a christian so it's not that he's a non-believer but he isn't super strong in his faith and he's shown some things that concern me. I want to be supportive of her, but I'm not truly a hundred percent, a hundred percent supportive of him. So it's a hard balance. That is tough. I think yeah. you have to, first of all, talk about it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Kristen always says, it's a compliment sandwich. <laughs> so I would start with telling your friend, you love her, you care about her, you want what's best for her. Like, so happy for her. Yeah. And then say, here's some things that I've noticed. Uh, don't be accusatory. So here's some things that I've noticed. He's not super strong in his faith. And then you said there's some things that concern you. Whatever those things are. Like, say, hey, I've noticed this. Have you noticed that? Or am I off base? Um, or, hey, remember the other, maybe, let's say it's a temper. So we can have an example to like latch mm-hmm. onto here. Let's say you've noticed he seems to have a temper. Maybe say, hey, remember the other day when we were you know, I don't know, bowling. I don't know why that came to mind. Yeah. And he was just like, he was really kind of a jerk about losing or he just got really mad unreasonably at this game. Is that be like, is that, does that happen regularly or was that just like a one-time thing? Yeah. Like, come at it from the standpoint. You've noticed things that, it, that concern you, but you're not like a hundred percent in their relationship all the time. Right. So ask questions and gather information first. And then based off of her responses and also based off if you spend more time around the guy, you'll kind of pick up on stuff too. Then maybe have a conversation that's like, hey, I'm really concerned about this and I want to tell you. And it's kind of a place where you're like, 
you need to do what's best for your friend and in telling her, even if it might hurt the relationship a little, like you, at a certain point it gets there. But at first I would just gather information, say, Hey, I noticed this. What are your thoughts? Or, Hey, I noticed this. Is it always like this? Or you're different. Mm. You know, that may be a telltale thing too. So I think you, at some point though, you may get to a point where you say, okay, look, I am, I'm so happy for you that you're happy but I just can't be on board hundred percent with this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't still be her friend. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's important too, when you, like Bethany was saying, you don't come in with like an accusatory tone, but you come in like you need to have some specific examples. You don't need also to list true. all of them at once, but write stuff down. I found in these yeah. conversations when I have to have, a hard conversation with someone beforehand. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to talk about that. And yeah. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. And then I get there and I'm like, what were the, what, what was I going to say again? Things? What's the problem even yeah. here? Like, why, <laughs> why are we I, having this yeah. conversation? And then afterwards I'm like, well, why didn't I mention this? And why didn't I say that? And whatever. Like, yeah. Write the things down as you think of them. Mm-hmm. Go in prepared. Yeah. And go in and just like Bethany said, if it's a temper, you know, I've kind of noticed that, or it seems like, he might have a temper like and give one example if she asks for more you can be prepared to give more so it's not just a one-off thing but don't be like because last tuesday he did this and then yesterday he did this and then three weeks ago i saw him do this and like you don't want to come in like a lawyer like here's my case let me present my you know closing argument yeah but at the same time like have examples and come at it from a standpoint of you're trying to understand like obviously you don't want to be right exactly and that's something you say like look i don't want to be right about this mm-hmm. um i hope that i'm either just misreading things or i just don't have enough context into the relationship these are just some things i have noticed and because i'm your friend and i care about you i wouldn't feel good about not saying anything and if yeah. i'm wrong or off base great like that's fine i would love to I be, love to be <laughs> yeah. and or if it's something that you've noticed and you just didn't want to say anything and you want to talk about it, we can do that. Yeah. And that's what, when people have brought up things to me with someone I'm dating before, more times than not, my reaction has been, oh, I'm so glad you noticed this too. Mm-hmm. Because when it's just you in the relationship, you're like, kind of going back to our question a minute ago, am I being too picky? Am I just self-sabotaging this? Is it really this big of a deal? You know, half the time you think it is half the time you think you're crazy. But when someone from the outside says, Hey, I've noticed this. Sometimes it's just like this weight off of like, Oh my word. I thought I was crazy or I thought no one noticed, or I thought I was making a big deal out of it. And as the friend, the last thing you want is to not say something and your friend to go move forward in a relationship. And then a marriage where if you had just said something, she would have been much better off. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, it is a tough one. And I've been in situations where like somebody close to me dated, somebody had concerns, like more than just me had concerns, concerns were expressed and they still went forward and married him anyways. And at that point you're like, well, you know what? Like it's in the Lord's, it's in the Lord's hands. I can pray for them. I can still be a friend to this person that is close to me. I can still be kind to their, spouse uh-huh. and trust that you know what lord just because like like you want what's best for them more than anybody does right? and so i can trust that you're going to take care of this you're going to take care of them and i did my job as a friend 
And that's something I have a really hard time with is like, if I feel like I'm right about something and then I say it and then things don't go the way I think they should go after I've expressed it, then I feel frustrated. Like, well, I need to just find another way of saying this. Yeah. Like, why are you not getting it? Yeah. And so obvious to the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. It's not my job to make them agree with me. It's just my job to voice my concerns. And you're being obedient to the Lord and being a good friend. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a tough one, but don't, don't shy away from those tough conversations and don't, again, everything you're telling your friend is out of love and out of care for her. And so remind her of that as you're talking through it. Yep. All right. Last question. Last question. How, no, I'm just kidding. That's the first one for next week. (laughs) Moving backwards. Okay. (laughs) When is a good time to bring up counseling when starting to date someone? I have a follow-up question. Okay. Like the fact that they're like the person's in counseling. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like you want to bring up that you want to go to counseling with the person you're dating or when to bring up that you are in counseling. I think she said when to bring up she's in counseling. Okay. Um, I think it was whenever you're comfortable. Yeah. I I don't think with stuff like this, I think you have to kind of think of it from the standpoint of if the shoe were on the... First of all, there's nothing to be ashamed of about being in counseling. Let me no. just say that. Like, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, But I know there is kind of... You can there's feel a, like there there's is. There's a stigma. There is. You can yeah. feel... Yeah, you feel like there is a little bit. So first of all, it's whenever you're comfortable, but at the same time, if the shoe were on the other foot, think of it from the standpoint of if you're at a point where if he was in counseling or he was dealing with some issues and whatever it is and hadn't told you, would you feel like he had been a little dishonest mm. or withheld something or withheld from you. something from you? Yeah. If you're at that point where that would bother you, if he hadn't told you, then I think you need to tell him. Yeah. And if you're at that point where you're talking about like your struggles and just different things you're dealing with in life and like counseling is part of like getting biblical help to deal with those things. Um, if you're at that place, but you're not comfortable telling him that maybe you need to put the brakes on a little, like it may, yeah. like, I think some of it may feel, I don't know, at least in my experience, like when I'm uncomfortable talking about things with a guy, but I feel like I should talk to like, it's that the, we've outpaced where we should be a little bit. Yeah. I think so, so. It might just be, Hey, slow down let it be um and then talk about that when you get to that place but yeah i think if you're this isn't a first date topic necessarily Mm-mm. and that's fine like that's not the point of a first date but i don't know i i don't i don't think it has to be this like sit down we need to have a talk yeah like just kind of mention it there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's fine. Yeah. You don't have to, you can just kind of mention it in passing of like, oh yeah, you know, I have a counseling appointment on Thursday and I have this, da, 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 like yeah. talk or about I was that talking way. to or my counselor about that the other day. Yeah. yeah like just, it's just one. part of life. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's, we all have issues. We all have things and we all need help. And I mean, at our church, we have a biblical counseling like department, but one of the things we talk about is like counseling is basically just like, focus discipleship mm-hmm. like it's basically just saying hey you're here to help work through this specific issue and i'm gonna help you and we're gonna put some laser focus on this and really just bring scripture to light and what it has to say about this issue in your life um but like 
we all should be doing that with everyone on a, on a more informal scale. And it's just discipling one another. It's just one anothering one another. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't think it has to be something that is something that you feel like you have to tell someone like yeah. it's just part of life. It's just what it is. And I think if they, if they have a problem with that at face value, that may be more on them. Yeah. Like if they're not even true. caring to find out what the issues are, like really talk through, you know what that is then i think that speaks a little bit to their maturity yeah i, I can't i don't know i can't say that just across the board. there's always yeah. exceptions to everything but you yeah. get what i mean i know what you mean and i think a lot of it probably depends on too like what is the reason you're going to counseling like maybe i don't know your parents just got divorced and you like are talking to somebody through that or maybe yeah. it's like you know maybe you've been in counseling for a while and this is like a general maintenance thing for you and it's like I've just kept this going because I mean I heard somebody talk the other day now I never heard it like this but it made sense it's like we go to the dentist to get our teeth cleaned every you're supposed to go every six months do I go every six months no but you're supposed to go every six months to go to the dentist you go to the doctor to get checkups you know you do all this stuff and you go to the eye doctor and Yet we like not counseling as like a checkup yeah. type of thing of like whether that's a counselor or a mentor or something like that's important too to mm-hmm. in a way of like taking care of yourself. And so that may be easier to bring up than if you're in it for like some like childhood trauma yeah. or abuse or something a little heavier that you're not comfortable sharing yet. And yeah. I think what Bethany said is true of like, if you're in the beginning stages of working through that now may not be the best time for you to get into a really serious mm-hmm. relationship. And so maybe it is like, Oh, I need to pump the brakes and that's okay. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Or if you've been working through this for a while, like, yeah, maybe that's the reason, but Hey, you've been going for a long time. You've really made a lot of progress mm-hmm. and it may just start with, Oh yeah. Like Bethany said, Oh, I have a counseling appointment next week. And then if he wants to like, ask questions he can if he doesn't you don't have to right away and then the closer you get then it's like you know oh like this is part of my story right that i'm comfortable telling you now because we've been dating for a little bit and it's not just like oh we've had coffee twice yeah and you kind of you gauge that and that's why outside from your i mean you can talk to your counselor about it too if you want to but like mentors parents close friends ask that because again we talk here all the time about we can only speak so much (laughs) yeah to these specific questions because we don't know who's asking we don't know your specific circumstances we don't know we don't know your life um yeah the quote from baby mama um (laughs) but at the same time you have people in your life who do know all the details and Mm so we should not be the end all be all of your advice so go talk to people who know you well who know your circumstances and get their wisdom and counsel as well yeah. i would say one last thing on this and then we can wrap up i just wanted to say too if you do kind of go that route like kristen was saying like oh you know you just kind of mention it in passing oh i have a therapy appointment or i have a counseling appointment or whatever it is um and you're like and then because you said and then they can ask questions they can whatever one thing to consider is if you're comfortable talking about it and you're wanting to talk about it when you do mention that tell them Oh yeah, I have a counseling appointment later and then just say either 
you know, I'm totally fine talking about it. So if you ever have any questions or you want to know, like, just mm-hmm. let me, you can you almost have to like Nudge open the door, that open door a little bit. Yeah. Because if someone just said that to me and then just glossed over it and didn't say anything, I would not think naturally, oh, they probably want me to ask about that. Yeah, that's fair. And I think as guys, it's probably even more just because that's how they think. Um, so I think almost say, Hey, it's fine to talk about, or if you are, if you want them to know that you're in counseling or you're dealing with stuff, but you're not ready to talk about it. I think an easy thing is, Oh, I have a counseling appointment later, blah, blah, blah. And then just say, Oh, you know, it's not a big deal, but either I'm just not, I just don't want to talk about all the details. It's just a lot. Or, you know, if you want to go the lighter route to say huh that's another conversation for another day like I just want to get into it all right now yeah to kind of let them know (laughs) red light green light kind of thing you know I think that a little bit has to come from you exactly I think that's good and I think that's a good place to call it perfect let's do it all right guys thanks so much for joining us like we said we'll be back next week with part two of your Facebook questions answered or couch cast on steroids (laughs) um and we've got a few more questions from the Facebook group that we will answer so um stay tuned for that but we will be back soon y'all know we're not going anywhere yeah (laughs) uh but until next time i'm Kristen and i'm bethany and this is looking for the middle Mm